0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: All good, and uh, welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is... The 27th of december goodness we're almost flying through this year almost here and uh we got some breaking news not breaking news i guess anymore but some big news uh to talk about now and uh first though i want to say hello to scott scott how are you doing how was your holidays I know we talked a little bit yesterday but i want to show off the uh, the brand new uh chelsea attire right the yeah guess, that's, that's
2: all i got i got a, i got a bunch of chelsea stuff for christmas but i was like you know blue orange old school Chelsea logo. I'm like this. I can wear this every day on the Broncos show. So I I figured I'd throw it on today, especially Chelsea plays at 1230 Eastern. So watch 30 minutes of soccer before you tune into uh, the press conference today
1: uh, with, uh, with the Walton Penner group and George Payton. Yeah, it will be an interesting one. I'm curious to see what the tone will be. It's been all positivity when we've heard from them so far. You know, announcing to new members of the ownership group, the Russell Wilson contract, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, this is going to be a different tone one, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit. But first, let's say hello to some people in here. We got Ted coming in. I don't recognize this name. Ted Wunderlich. We know saying, Ted. Ted's Ted's old. Ted's old. an old head around here. Ted is, okay, this one doesn't sound familiar to me for the morning show, but either way, Ted, we appreciate you saying this was best for the long term rather than a prolonged flash of fraudulent good that convinces the power that it can run it back again, wasting two to three years instead of just one like we did with Vic and VJ. Yeah, Ted, I think it's, I mean, if it's the wrong guy, it's the wrong guy. It definitely stinks, though. This is what the, the Broncos will have, a six different head coach in 10 years, which is a really bad indictment on the state of the franchise. And... Personally, I think the biggest issue on this team has not been solved, but the thing that they can most easily change has been corrected. So uh, we'll see how it plays out for the next one. It's the next folks coming in here. Speaking about folks coming in, Ethan, good afternoon, Jensen, Broncos country. Good to see you. Bama X, good morning, Broncos country. Jetty said he split his set his alarm for this one. Well, hopefully we can uh, keep you awake here. Um, We got Colin saying, considering how many of these podcasts I watch, I still don't feel like I know what the truth is about this team depends on who you ask, right? <laughs> um, but uh, what do you think about this? I don't know about the truth about this team. Do we know about the truth about this team? They're bad. I think that's the one. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't into. know
2: everything, but I always trust what I see, you know, not yeah. what I'm told. Um, you know, the going back down to, uh, you know, Ted had a funny comment here in a little bit. You know, us, did you hire Hackett just to lure Aaron Rodgers and Peyton finally cracks and says, yes, yes, I did. You know, going back to the old uh, a few good men scene, uh, where he, where he breaks them, so it's like you know, there's it depending on there, there's folks that'll defend whatever they hear coming out of Dove Valley. I am not one of those people that tends to believe what I hear coming out of uh, you know, sources. Just remember this, you know, consider the source and always ask yourself, what does that person have to gain uh, by telling you? So you cross reference those type of things. You're like, if they're saying, if, if I hear something coming from here and I hear the same thing coming from the other side, I'm like, okay, that's probably true. Uh, but you know, the. The everything points to that Hackett was brought in to be a package deal with Rogers. And I don't care what I hear out of Dove Valley. I'm not going to believe otherwise. I'm going to hear that. I got to hear that from somewhere else. You know, I got to hear that from the Green Bay side of things. I would need to hear that. So yes, I believe not solely because Hackett had a decent resume. He was a head coaching candidate coming in. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons you chose the Packers guy who didn't call plays and and uh had a Hall of Fame quarterback was to help get that Hall of Fame quarterback, and you will not convince me otherwise.
1: Yeah. I mean Y'all
2: won't. Not coming yeah. out of Denver, you won't. No, that's been refuted by the guy who got spurned
1: and made a bad hire. Oh, well then it must be true. <laughs> Yeah, and what are they supposed to say, right? Russell Wilson's still under contract. He's exactly. here saying anything to the contrary would be a massive uh, oh, yeah. failure in indictment. Russ was yeah. our second choice, and it's just not working out. Come yeah. on. They're never going to say no. that, ever. No, we're not. I mean, we are going to say hello to Clinton Watson coming in, $10 saying, I know it's not for everyone, but at least the Nuggets are looking great. <laughs> Here's to a better 23. Love, y'all. Yeah, I'm... I really liked the Bulls when I was like five years old, you know, during the Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan era. Um, and I think if the Sonics get a team out here, maybe I'll dip my toe in the NBA, but NBA, not really for me. I watch the NBA and I just get angry because I see all these athletes like that guy should be an offensive tackle. That guy should be an edge rusher. That guy should be a wide receiver. You know, that's, that's all I see when I watch. I basketball.
2: said cornerbacks and NBA players are the best athletes in the world. Uh, I, I I appreciate basketball, but something had to give when I, turned football into a career i grew up on the hawks they were the only decent team in atlanta in the 80s um i loved the nba in the 80s and 90s and then it it, it, my life changed i got older and the game changed a little bit um i remember 98 there was a there was a lockout an owner's lockout and i was pissed that these billionaires would lock out the players um and i was like that's it i'm taking 98 off and then that in tune turned with the Atlanta Hawks being the worst team in the two thousands. I think literally they had the worst record. So it was easy for me. And then I moved and career changes and I'm not 15 years old watching Dominique Wilkins dunk on
1: everybody anymore. So I, I just haven't watched the NBA in years and years and years. God decades for me. Um And it says all of a sudden now I have one bar. So hopefully I'm sticking with you guys here. We got Addison coming in saying not defending Hackett. But now, in my opinion, the biggest problem on the team is Wilson. I think he's an egomaniac. He seems like he is a finger pointer. I don't know if Wilson is a finger pointer um, so much as if anybody's pointing the finger at him, he, oh, it couldn't possibly be me. You know, that must be, there must be somebody standing behind my shoulder here. Nobody's pointing the finger at me. I'm not, I'm not the issue here. We got to work harder. And uh, I don't think he's pointing at, elsewhere uh, so to speak
2: yeah he's not a me 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 guy you know he did say you know in the negative says you know I've got to be better that starts with me he said that one time uh, after throwing three interceptions and then it immediately turned to we 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 so I mean it is it, it is very cliched um, you know he's always talking about the team he's always praising his other teammates so the biggest problem on the team I think is and, and for me, it's not even so much an egomaniac. He almost seems a little insecure. I mean, honestly, um, mm-hmm. you know, watching him up there, he's he's super, he almost sounds super nervous, like jittery when he's talking these days. If he's off script, um, you know, he would, there were, there were more ums and ahs and, and I don't know that I ever heard in this last press conference after, after hearing three, the biggest problem right now, I agree is Russell Wilson and his contract. Uh, if he's not, if he's playing better, the contract doesn't become as big of a problem. If he's not, you're in trouble. Um, so therefore that's the hardest one to fix for me. Still, the first thing I would address is still the interior offensive line, because I think that is the easiest place to improve for the least amount of capital. And then let's see that that should be easily addressed. Cause for me right now, the biggest problem on this team is still the O L. But I think you can fix that. I really do. And then let's see if it's all Russ. If it was all Hackett, it wasn't all anybody. You know, there wasn't there wasn't one switch we're going to flip where this thing's going to be turned around. There's yeah. percentages, and we talked about that, Nick, a couple of weeks ago. What percentage do you place the blame across these five different categories?
1: Well, one of those has been changed, Nick. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, the other news here talking about the offensive line, we have Butch Berry being fired, relieved of duties after one year. And I think we can pull back this bandaid. We've hinted at it a bit, but from sources, and I'll even say from some players that I've, uh, spoken to Butch Berry was not very well liked, uh, in that room. And, uh, he's gone sometimes, you know, that's not the worst to be not liked. you know, he's paid there to be the coach, uh, not their friend, but, uh, just incompetent, not liked, uh, did not listen to him. The, just a lot of the guys had issues with him in that locker room. He's gone. And also, Dwayne Stukes has been relieved of his duties. Uh, Broncos, according to Football Outsiders, have the number 32nd ranked special teams this year. They've been, Brandon McManus has been terrible. The kicking has been bad. The returning has been bad. The punt coverage and kick coverage units have been bad. Uh, so he's been fired as well. So multiple, cuts, uh, multiple fires here. I guess the one thing I have a, a surprise here is that Justin Outen is still here. I mean, we've always said, you know, Hackett's been relieved of a, a lot of duties. What did even Outen do from the beginning? Um, and we have Michael coming in. Justin Outen needs to be the next coach gone. He will be. I'm not sure what uh, why they kept him in other, uh, compared to some other guys, but he's still here. Um, and uh, we have Jerry Rosberg uh, taking over as the interim head coach. Who? Jerry Rosberg, uh, 40 year coaching experience in the NFL, uh, many years with the Ravens. I think it was 12 years with the Ravens as their special teams coordinator. Uh, he was brought in to be the, uh, clock manager essentially when Hackett had that those duties pulled from him. And, uh, it was Rosberg was offered the position after Azure Everett turned it down.
2: Um, yeah, that that was a little strange. I wanted to say thanks to Dave. Dave said his stars yeah. weren't working, and he he came in and made the effort to come in and contribute on YouTube. That that's going the extra mile, Dave, and we certainly appreciate you for it. Uh, and then Mark Schrader coming in with some stars. He says, "Good morning, uh, good morning" as well with uh, with some big stars over on Facebook. So good morning, Mark. Appreciate you being here too. Um, lot, you know, lots of changes. And again, there's there, it is a results based business and how many of those guys were you know it's not nepotism cronyism hires you know that i'm surprised i'm really surprised at out and except they don't really know what he does so why do we get rid of him
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: He makes the <laughs> we best we got to
2: figure out what he does before we can fire him. Yeah. Um, so it's... Uh, I, I think someone in here asked earlier, he says, why the fire sale so early? And part of it is to, here it is. It was uh, L, oh, I'm going to butcher this one. Uh, Musilac, muscle, muscle I don't know, Makalak. Musilac. Why the fire sale so early? Um, part of it lets you start reaching out to other candidates early. Part of it is to let those candidates start looking at other places as well. Now they're on the free agent market. We weren't going to keep you. Let's do this. And part of it was, they were just embarrassed on national TV, and again, um, and needed needed a response for y'all. Part of it was was for you as well. Twenty thousand no-shows in the last home game—that's what I mentioned to me—was the biggest story. Forget the score, the biggest story. And you can just go ahead and write this: These guys are gone when you got twenty thousand no-shows. Then you go and you you take a vacation in L.A., uh, and some of them don't come back. So th- that's why it's to, it's to help move on. And frankly, you're only 10 days away now, 13 days away from all of this that was about to happen anyway. It just accelerated the timeline. I tweeted before I, I sent out just a couple of messages. I'm like, this guy has been fired. You-, you-, you can't make a decision based on a Rams, four and 10 Rams game of uh, a-, a chiefs team that may or may not be playing for anything. And an Arizona Cardinals game, you're not making your decision based on the results of those games. That would be insanity. Oh, maybe he does this. He gets to San Save his job. No, you've already made a decision. The decision was made. He was fired four weeks ago. You could see it in his face, his demeanor, everything changed. Christmas Day accelerated the timeline. That's what happened this weekend. Yeah,
1: it's I think it wasn't just for the fans, too. It was for that locker room. Um yeah, the, not the mean, for everybody, that's what yeah. mean for everywhere. For, for Broncos yeah. country, yeah.
2: including the, the the players. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: But we saw them. Uh, This was a game where it looked like the defense actually, honest to God, quit uh, giving their tackling and run fits. You know, that's a lot of that is heart. Um, And also, you know, the offensive line, you know, not helping Russ up fighting on the sideline, Randy Gregory. I mean, this was the one that looked not only embarrassing the scoreboard, but like embarrassing in behavior and action. And it sucks because, you know, there are guys out there busting their ass. But uh, on national television, we got we got slimed. Not the good kind of slimed either. Let's say hello to some more people coming in here, Kevin. Since you mentioned
2: for the players, Uh, then we'll come. We'll we'll say hello to Kevin. Well, hello, Kevin. How are you this morning? (laughs) Um, Glad you're in here. But you you mentioned the players. Uh, Bryce sent this to me this morning. Thank you, Bryce. Um, And uh, it was, I'll read it out loud. But this this random EW person, I don't know who it was, says, "Are you on a team that wouldn't hit in the preseason? Just just had coach fired and have no hope of the future because of a quarterback trade." Shh. Kareem Jackson says, yep, with a big smiley face. Uh, So whichever one of those you feel like is the most damaging, uh, you know, as far as what he was kind of laughing at the most, you could put that on the quarterback. But, you know, it it was all just kind of a S show, uh, dumpster fire, whatever you want to say. And Kareem Jackson, who's got about 10 days left of being a Denver Bronco, maybe as an NFL football player, took
1: his shot. Um, and, and and seem to be having a little more fun with it. Yeah, he was tweeting through some stuff yesterday, um, but uh, <laughs> is what it is, I guess. Uh, we also have Kevin coming in. Morning, guys. Uh, Nick and Scott, well, they finally pulled the trigger on Hackett. Hope they get a good coach uh, air. Denver Broncos for life. Thank you so much. Luke Wright's in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Sunny Days is in the house. Good to see you, Sunny Days, with all the emojis. Uh, appreciate you coming in here. Rob Buxbaum saying good morning, Nick and Deacon Scott. Thoughts on bringing an offensive coach instead of a defensive one. So the scheme changes less. I think there was some hope that Giro Evero was going to stick around as the defensive coordinator. You know, you pay him handsomely and he has a good thing going here. You could build his resume, assuming he doesn't get a head coaching gig, but him turning, turning down the interim head coaching position to me says that he's doesn't want to be back. And I think partially is because, you know, you did my boy wrong. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Giro Evero are, this isn't hyperbole like best friends. They were best men at each other's wedding. And also I think it's partially not wanting to tie yourself to what this offense uh, is down the stretch here. So um, I'm not sure if the re- it might be inevitable uh, that the defensive scheme changes. Would it be great to keep Evereau and whatnot? Yes, but scheme is important on defense, but it's not as important as the, uh, the players. So just start to prepare yourself for the change there.
2: I'm going to give you all in a, a preview. I've already seen this press conference. They recorded it yesterday in front of a live studio audience. I'm going to give you a preview. We're going to go for the best man for the job. We're going to conduct an exhaustive search and do what's best for Broncos country and get you back to where you think we should be, why we invested in this team with such a great history. Offense, defense, new coach, old coach, we're going to try and get the best man. That we promise you. There you go. Go ahead and watch that. I just saved you a couple hours, uh, at least at least 30 minutes this afternoon.
1: Yeah, there'll be a They're few details. Gonna
2: You're not going to learn anything. I think we'll get a few details on like the power structure. You can of... read some in between the lines. We're looking. Yeah. I'm. You know, I caught that one yesterday. Penner saying, yeah. "I'm leading this." Yep. Okay. That's... Yep. Okay. <laughs> that's
1: something. Yeah. That's uh, that's, that's a nugget
2: a... in there for sure. But as far as candidates and stuff, it's going to be an exhaustive search, and we're going to look for the best man for the job. Jetty Splash asked, "Do our late round picks move up as our win loss record deteriorates?" Yes, they do. The problem is Broncos country. You only have three of your own picks um so you've got the third round at 67 you've got the fourth round at 106 and you've got the fifth round at 138 right now those are your picks the good news is your other third round comes from indianapolis and they're a dumpster fire too yeah. so that one will be a high third round pick so you'll end up with two high third round picks so the other two picks that you have right now are coming from minnesota and san francisco in, in the first round and by God, it the San Francisco at 26 looks like it could be a 30, 31, or 32 right now, the way they're playing. So uh, it it will be will be tough. And, and Nick, real quick, one of our great community members, Greg Smith, has come in. He says, Bronco Country's not trying to be a downer this morning. We know, Greg, and and we love you, but I need your uh need your prayers more than ever. My mom received her wings yesterday. Rest in heaven, mom. I'll be setting up a GoFundMe to cover her services. If any is willing to help, it would be greatly appreciated. Greg, tag me and Nick on Twitter. Um, I'm at scout Kennedy, um, you know, or at least on Facebook or somewhere and see if we can't help get the word out. And, uh, you know, not that this isn't for us. This is more people. It'd be easier for everybody else to find you if, if they're connected to us too. So, uh, sorry, your holiday has gone that way, Greg, um,
1: we're, we're thinking about you for sure. Yeah, that's a big bummer. Um, really sorry to hear that Greg, uh, thinking about you and your family had this trying time. Um, you're a real one in here and we always appreciate you coming in and supporting us and just being a part of the community and, you know, community's part of you as well. So yeah, hit us up. <sighs> All right. Well, that's, <laughs> that really puts things in perspective here. You know, that's a, you know, talking head coaching thing. We'll probably talk another one here in the future if Russell Wilson doesn't get it figured out. So is what it is. Um, but Greg, really, really sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, no easy way to make a transition from that. Let's say hello to Coach Chris coming in. $20 super. Good to see you, Coach Chris. He says, happy holiday, brothers. Happy holiday to you, Coach. Uh, the problems with this team are much deeper than Hackett, but it, it's a start. Rams surely knew our defensive weak points. Where has our t- tight end gone all season? Love you guys. Keep up the fight. Denver Broncos for life. Greg Dolcich has been fine. Uh, it's I think this is more of a indictment on tight ends in the nfl in general right now they're just not high volume positions there's only really the only guy who gets a high volume workload at the tight end spot is travis kelsey a lot of the other ones you know you're getting maybe 10 targets maybe four receptions it's just you're not peppering them the football like you are wide receivers
2: yeah nick uh, you're you're coming out on me just a little bit on this Mm -hmm. and then part of it also is uh you know the the middle of the field with your quarterback um Mm -hmm. for me that doesn't excuse the absence of um Albert Okawebinam. Those aren't reasons for that. And I'm not placing blame on this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, okay, th- it's another indication this team needed to be fired. Look at how they handled Albert Okawebinam. No, no, I- I'm not saying that. This could be on all on Albert Okawebinam. It could be a combination of both. I don't know that, but he's a physical weapon. I mean, he's he's got some he's got some tools to him, and he's been mothballed completely. And basically Dulcich is a a big slot he's a he's a big slot receiver which we knew we said this is where he can come in and make an immediate impact um and you're right you're right coach chris and we appreciate you coming in a uh, couple days after christmas and uh and supporting the show like you always have love you for it brother he says you know the problems with this team are deeper than hackett yes yes they are yes they are but it's easier to change a coach than it is to change a 53 man roster there will be some big changes in this off that i promise you um, on, on this, uh, on this roster as well. There's, there's too many non-contributors and expendable players on easily removable contracts that it's going to be a hell of an off season for sure. Um,
0: I'm going to reboot uh,
2: real uh, quick, L-Mosalak, Scott. I'm glad I got your last name right.
1: I'm happy about that one. Yeah, thank you. Good to see you, Moselac. R- Richard, <laughs> hello to you. Um, and I'm going to reboot real quick, Scott. I will be right back in. So okay. hold down the fort for two minutes. Yeah, we'll
2: see if we can't get him uh, him going a little bit as well. Get get Nick going just a little bit as well. But uh, Richard says, um, good morning as well. And uh, Kevin comes in. He says, love to listen to, uh, after a good firing. Let's ride Denver Broncos for life. Going to change things for sure. I think it's going to be real interesting. Uh, I want to scroll back up and see if I can find Ethan's comment on the power rankings where he got a, uh, he he was having a good laugh at what they were. Um, here we go. Recent power rankings that I don't pay much attention to. And and frankly, I haven't looked at them in a while either because we're getting close enough to the playoffs that that's all that really matters. I click on standings, but he says the Texans, to their credit, they never give up at 30. And, and frankly, guys, I, I, I told you all last week when there was some of this uptick, About, oh, we scored 28 on the Chiefs after they let off the gas, which is natural. We beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals were freaking awful. Awful. I said last week, the Texans, if I had the Texans against Cardinals, I would take the Texans. And then they go out and beat uh, the Tennessee Titans. You know, good for them. It says, to their credit, they never give up. The Colts at 31, they should just give up. And at 32, the Broncos, they've officially given up and all that's true <laughs> i don't think the colts have given up but they probably should um the texans have been fighting man um they're they're close enough where they could still get the number one and still play hard with two games left the colts are actually still in contention for the number one overall pick uh, a lot has to go right that won't happen but that's uh some of the things that that could happen uh let me see here real quick with uh Kenny coming in, KB82, Kenneth Booker. He says, next WWE, Reisner versus Murray, with Rippon as the rep. I said that yesterday, y'all. One of my takeaways was how strong Latavius Murray is. Um, you know, when he stood up there and there's your running back coming in and puts a shove into uh into Reisner and knocks him back a couple steps. That's not a man I want to mess with. That's somebody I want to have on my side if we're getting off the bus together or just. You know, I always said, Nick, if I couldn't either whip you or outrun you, we were going to be friends. I'm pretty sure I might be able to Well, not anymore. I cannot run anybody. I might have been able to outrun Reisner. (laughs) There's no way I was outrunning Murray. And I'm pretty sure both of them would have whipped me. We were going to be boys. We were going to (laughs) be boys. So I thought the whole scene was pretty interesting, honestly, uh, where again it's not it's not that big a deal one of the reasons it's a big deal is the whole broncos team as a whole is a was a train wreck two i didn't notice this the first time because i'm watching them but tracy Wolfson standing right there i mean she basically yeah. had her 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 hand on the bench just watching this you know and there's your cbs sideline reporter within three feet of the entire altercation um those were those were two of the big ones. Two of the big ones for me, Nick. But and then, you know, watching Glasgow, I'll be like, yeah, whatever. They they know yeah. it's not that big a deal. So Nick, yeah. you're still struggling a little We bit, got a my big friend. one coming in here. Yeah, Nick's struggling just a little bit with the internet no. uh this morning. I know he's got I he said sixty mile an hour winds coming in uh in Seattle. That is going to be tough. I want to hit Deanna coming in says, morning, gentlemen, happy Hackett is gone. Listening while I get ready for work. Can't wait for next season to start. Uh, Deanna, I, you've been adamant about this change. Um, I think, you know, Ethan over the summer had a fund for trying to get one of the free agents. I don't remember what it was, but it would hashtag them, you know, get funds for Rogers. I can't remember who it was, Ethan. You'll have to re- remind me, but Deanna has been very consistent that this guy cannot be back. And, uh. Maybe that was your Christmas present. It'll be very interesting to see who they get. I'm not buying the nobody wants this Broncos job. My hiney. They're going to drop $50 million on the next contract minimum. And the new coach will have some runway. Why would they do that to Nathaniel Hackett? Because Nathaniel Hackett got turned into a a meme of his incompetency. Now, you come in, you say, listen, this is how it's going to be. I'm going to be in charge. And they're going to say, yes, you are. And I'm, you know, Russell Wilson, no guarantees. Okay. And they'll take the job and they'll have a longer runway. One of the reasons why this team is out so quickly is because they all came in talking super bowl or bust. We spent all this for a right now quarterback. We didn't draft a quarterback number one overall and come in and start at the bottom. You get a three year window on that. For the most part, you'll get some time unless you're urban Meyer. In this case, it was about expectations. Well, the expectations have now been put into the frickin' toilet. So as long as you aren't completely incompetent, you will get a longer runway and a big paycheck, a star franchise, you know, one of the crown jewel franchises in this league, a terrific fan base, great support from ownership. It's a its a prime job. Miss yeah. me on this, you won't be able to hire anybody, crap.
1: You just might not be able to hire the the top guy um, on your list. That seems to be a lot of talking heads in the NFL side of things, not the Broncos side of things, but the NFL coverage side of things where a lot of people are saying, you know, with these job security, with uh, George Payton, maybe on the hot seat. I mean, already, you know, having power stripped away from him, from being tied to Russell Wilson financially, uh, from the lack of, massive amount of cap room and draft capital. Um, It's something that is certainly concerning uh, for this team and makes it a less desirable position unless you're willing to overpay, um, which is something this front office might do. Um, And we've already seen George Payton's power chipped away. Like we mentioned there, you know, taking a back seat a tad as the main driver of the head coaching search. Well, maybe that next head coach comes in and is Payton's answering to him uh, rather than the head coach uh, answering to Payton, which can also be a big dynamic for uh, bringing in a head coach as well. You know, you have final say of the roster or final say of draft picks, or, you know, we, you give us the guys that you want to get and we'll work out the contract details. So we'll be uh, interesting to see how it plays out. And hopefully it looks like my internet has started to clear up a mm-hmm. little bit. So um, I can hear the wind blowing, but uh, we're doing okay out here. A few more super chats. Real I thought quick, can- Nick, I wanted
2: to hit yeah. on your point as you're going through the, the, my one of my coaching friends that used to I used to take with me on the road when we were running events. He was he was one of my one of my coaches for my events. he used to say there, you know there are no problems, only obstacles from which we've yet to overcome. So as you are running through these problems, I'm like, you know what that sounds like to me, Nick? That sounds like opportunity. As I'm trying to hire you, Nick Kendall, you know, yeah, I've got a a a general manager that is kind of on the odd seat. Well, you know what? We're gonna give you some more power. We'll give you a little extra money to kick in. Who do you want to come in? You know, we're going to let you bring in your special assistant to come in and help with personnel matters. That sounds like an opportunity in mm. order to sweeten the pot and make the deal more attractive to me. So again, mm. and you'll have a longer runway. That's a key. You fired this last guy after 10 months. Nick, was anybody surprised? Uh, they shouldn't be. Okay. Um, so what's the problem? <laughs> the problem is. No, I you mean ever... with that one. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not talking about, well, you didn't give this guy a chance. That's not the problem. The, the yeah. problem is like, you know, someone coming in, first off, the contracts are guaranteed. Second off, nobody was surprised that Nathaniel Hackett was fired based on what they saw out of Nathaniel Hackett.
1: Yeah. No, they sh- nor should they be. Um, but is what it is. And we're going to find out just how desirable this position is. Um, obviously, it doesn't sound like I think we can put all the Sean Payton. A discussion to bed it does not sound like he has any interest in coming to Denver so
2: go to bet online or whoever it is and made him the favorite and hedge that thing short yeah. it yep I, I mean, said that yesterday on Twitter give me a thousand dollars on who won't be he's the betting favorite at some place that I'm not allowed to bet because I live in Georgia let me get my Nord VPN and say I'm in Denver and make that bet I'll bet a thousand bucks on that it won't be uh it won't be
1: Sean Payton and if I lose it y'all be happy and you can pay me back yeah we'll get into some <laughs> of the names here um, but first we want to say hello to Chris me coming in $5 saying Eva row was completely sane when he told them, hell no, I've done my part leading this defense defense has started to regress some. I think they're giving up what 33 points a game, um, over the last three games. Again, you know, we're not going to make the entire season on it, but they, they've fallen to more of a, a B level defense this season, rather than an a, that they were looking like at the beginning of the season, he has mostly done his part, but I also think it's important to contextualize that the defense has regressed some and that's, the, the reality of it. I mean, they're, they're lacking health. They're lacking. I mean, we looked this last game, the edge rushers were atrocious against the run. The linebackers struggled. And uh, Deshaun Williams was systematically targeted in the run game in this one. And, you know, he was blindsided uh, to the bench a few times on some of those plays. So they've had their lumps. Um not as much as the offensive side, but I, I don't blame evero Also. I think that part of it is also the relationship. Ever-O. evero,
2: Evero, Evero. Well, zero Evero. It flows nicely. Them. It does. Yeah. Let's... <laughs> Evero. It's uh. my comment on the defense. And, and that is one is that 33 points a game. Some of that directly hangs on the offense with turnovers. Yeah. And two, I'm surprised it took this long, Nick. I'm mm-hmm. surprised they were as stout as long as they were for as long, you know, as good as they were for as long as they were based on all of the problems they've had from injuries to a complete,
0: Call click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: I am not surprised one bit that the defense isn't playing as well this
1: late in the season. I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier. Yeah. We'll see how these next two games go against arguably two of the best five quarterbacks in football. Maybe the Chargers won't be playing for very much that last game, but it might be a ghost town in there in uh, mile highs stadium uh, with the Broncos being as poor as they are, but we'll see. Michaela Israel, is good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, Michaela. We got Ryan Slavic in the house saying, Good morning, Broncos country. Got rid of three horrible coaches, and I'm sure more is to come after the season. I do believe we're getting Quinn. Just have a gut feeling, IDK. I don't know how I feel about Dan Quinn. Uh, I think he's a, and you would probably know as well as anybody, uh, Scott, you know, covering the Falcons there for a while. I think he's a fine uh, person and a good leader, but I don't think that he comes off as enough of a. So, this is just me from the outside. So again, you can correct me on this. I'll take your word for it. He doesn't come across. He comes across a little bit more direct and firm, but maybe buddy, buddy with the players, you know, the backwards hat hanging out with the guys kind of thing where I am kind of more concerned about somebody coming in and trying to put the genie back in the bottle. That is the power dynamics with mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. I don't know if Dan Quinn is that kind of coach. Now we don't need a complete jerk wad uh, coming in here, but I think you need somebody who, <laughs> is going to sit down. And when Russell Wilson says, you know, this is what I want to do. And the coach believes it's directly in conflict with what the team needs to do to succeed. Tell him, no, we're not doing that. Uh, we, we want your input and we'll, you know, we'll take everything under advisement. Um, but uh, we're going to do what we think is best. And you're the player. So you're going to do what we say uh, running the scheme.
2: All right. If we've got a scale of complete jerkwad, I think that was the technical phrase. That's an industry yeah. term that, uh, that Nick coined right there for insiders, a little inside baseball there from that to I'm buddy buddy and we've got that scale we had Fangio on one side and Hackett on the other Quinn comes somewhere between those two but he definitely leans more towards the Hackett side of things uh his players will play for him no mm-hmm. you know for that, that's one of the big things is they they love him and he's had success um he was let down one by some of his if he had promoted from within off of that 2016 team, if you look at that 2016 coaching staff, three or four of those guys are head coaches now. I mean, it's Mike McDaniel's, it's uh, it's Shanahan, it's both Lafleur's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it it was a star-studded cast, and he was also let down by his general manager. I could go into all kinds of stuff. You know, Quinn wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong, but when I'm laying blame on how did this happen. It goes back to 2011 and Thomas Dimitrov for me and his complete ig- ignoring the offensive lines and the defense and it, it, it kind of all blew up at one time. Dan Quinn, I think would be would come in and you'd get a bounce. Y- you would you'd, you'd get a bounce. Um, my question is on this, you know, then does he choose his own defensive coordinator? He would interview Everett. You'd, because Everett turned down the rights, uh, turned down the interim head coach job. He's still under contract with the denver broncos mm-hmm. so the broncos hold his rights now if he doesn't want to be there they'd probably release him and if the new guy didn't want him they would definitely release him but it, you know that wouldn't be a bad way to go if he would still want to stay in denver there's no saying um he would he would want to though but you could do worse than dan quinn that's for sure yeah. uh phil mclaughlin says morning nick and deacon scott wow twice this year i catch broncos for breakfast live Hard to believe, once again, we're having a head coaching search. Any other ideas than Sean Payton? And, Phil, thank you for coming in. We've we've run through a few of them already. Uh, I know the Philadelphia uh, offensive coordinator, that, that becomes a real interesting thought to me as well. Josh Steichman. Um, Sean Stikeman, you know, Jalen Hurts wasn't it I just – watching – I used the Denver Broncos as an example, and Josh McDaniels. When I see an offensive coordinator come from an, a Hall of Fame quarterback, those guys struggle, let alone an offensive coordinator with a Hall of Fame quarterback that's not calling plays. You know, Eric Bienemy to me, is Nathaniel Hackett. You know, he's he's not calling plays, and he's got Patrick Mahomes. Is this some genius? Talk to me about Byron Leftwich. I mean, I know he had Tom Brady, but he's had success with the quarterbacks that he has had. Let's talk to me about Byron Leftwich and, and what he's been able to accomplish in Tampa Bay with a regressing Tom Brady or so, but... I'd be more interested in someone like him and Steichman with Jalen Hurts. You've seen some development there. You've seen the schemes. Who's coming under Mike McDaniels right now? You know, we've seen, you know, who, who would be the number two in Miami? I'd be interested there. Um, So, but, you know, Nick would know the names a little bit better than me, but those are some of the ones just off the top of my head. D'Amico Ryans, uh, defensive coordinator. Now they've got some, they've got some boys on defense for sure. Yeah. But D'Amico is is a, uh, I've known him more as a player, a cerebral player with athletic ability that made him a terrific NFL guy. And he's having a lot of success and in the, in, in, in the players seem to love him in the NFL. That becomes an interesting guy. Yeah. Offense, defense, retread new guy. We're going to go get the best guy for the Denver Broncos. That's what you're going to hear
1: today. You're going to hear that, but then you're going to hear the uh, the media side of things more directly connected to the Broncos talk about how the last three head coaches without former head coaching experience means that the Broncos are going to go the other way, which I think is a big mistake. Um, it, obviously, if you think that the experience and how the coach talks about their experience is a benefit uh, to them and how they can improve as a head coach the second time around, that's fine. But you go around the league, I mean, go through the top, the teams in the playoffs right now, there's more first-time head coaches in there than not, but it's it's there's no A, predictive value at all. Uh, first-time head coach, second-time head coach, doesn't matter. <laughs> the offensive, defensive, doesn't matter. Uh, really what matters is if you have the quarterback, unless your name is Kyle Shanahan, but he has D'Amico Ryan or D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, so uh, D'Amico Ryans would be way up there for me. He might even be, I'd say he's my number two uh, candidate this cycle. My number one would be Jim Harbaugh uh, just because everywhere he's gone, He's won and he's established a physical, no nonsense uh, culture on both sides of the ball. I mean, classic tale of a Jim Harbaugh team is they're going to beat the absolute piss out of you. Another technical term there, but in the both the offensive and the defensive (laughs) fronts. God, how great would that be? Um, That kind of team here. He's done that in Stanford. He did that in San Francisco. He's done it now in Michigan. I mean, Michigan turned
2: Stanford into some bullies.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you you were getting offensive linemen out of Stanford for a while in the draft. And what he did with uh, Michigan, Michigan's obviously no recruiting slouch, but they're behind the recruiting in terms of Ohio State. And what have they done these last two years? They've beaten the absolute hell out of them in the trenches on both sides of the ball. They said, okay, you know, you can throw it around the yard and do all these things. We get to play in November. And what we're going to do is see football, eat football uh, to the opposing team. And they've done that two times in a row. I would kill. Uh, for that kind of identity and look on this Broncos team. A few other names just to toss out uh, Jared Mayo, the Broncos interviewed him last time around. He was incredible. Uh, He's been really good. um, Kind of a business side of things Um, for the Patriots. I've liked what they do defensive scheme wise. Uh, You have uh, Ben Johnson, who's done an incredible job uh, with the, uh, the lions offense out there. You have a Leslie, Leslie Frazier, who's done some good stuff with the, uh, Um, the Buffalo Bills uh, defense, although they've started to regress within the post von Miller trade. And another name here is a a former retread. That would be interest of me somewhat. Um, Jim Caldwell has had some benefits. I know that Peyton Manning has the ear of the penners. Maybe he'd give a uh, thumbs up to Jim Caldwell, who also did some good things in the Colts and final one. I'm sorry, the, the one that I think some people are saying Dan Quinn in here, I think it inevitably ends up being Frank Reich, uh, who had a weird situation there in Indy, but he's an offensive guy. He's a second time head coach. He's got a lot of uh, good coaching tree guys in the league as well. Not to the Shanahan side of things, but there's a lot of Reich guys as well. So um, that's who I think it'll inevitably end up being. I don't know if he's the kind of, strong voice in the room that can kind of you know tell wilson, wilson this is how we're doing things that's um, part but, of the negotiations when you come in
2: yeah and then you, you've got to you've got to back them there's got to be a chain of command when the chain of command yeah. goes out the window you see yeah. what happens yeah so those are some names that uh keep out uh stick out in my mind shane daniels knows all about the chain of command coming in thanks for being patient shane he says glad hackett is out i called it when he was hired that his buddy buddy attitude was going to go nowhere We need a father figure in the locker room. Dan, Dan Quinn can be that guy. Frank Wright can be that guy. Leslie Frazier, you mentioned, Um, you know, if you go a little younger, we talked about D'Amico Ryans. I'm not sure he's that guy, but he would be more of a big brother type, you know, the big brother that everybody can still look up to and be afraid of. (laughs) He still, he fits that role Uh, real quick. Thank you, Shane. It feels like it's been a minute. Hope you are doing, doing well. Uh, Tyler comes in. So good morning, guys. Glad to move on. I'm uh, from Hackett. Sad for him and his family, but that's the, that's the business. Um, and then, you know, there's a, I think Colin who like he likes to do has a snide comment about, you know, his family. Don't worry about the Hackett's the Hackett's are getting millions and millions and millions. The ones you, you are worried about. And one of the reasons I stayed on the media side of things and didn't get into the football side of things is because I didn't want to move every two years and not be set for life. Hackett's set for life. The minute you sign a head coaching contract as a power five college football coach or an NFL guy, you've got life money for you and your descendants for years. Um, but, you know, while you could be on three or $400,000 as an assistant, that's really, really good money. Get Don't get me wrong. That's not, I can not work again for the rest of my life. These guys are hustling. They've been here. They just moved here. You move your families here and you got to move again. The assistant coaches are the ones that, hey, think think about them. Hackett's done. He, he, he can do whatever he wants to the rest of his life. These other guys... They, they got a hustle. They're uprooted. They're not making anywhere near the same type of money. So, yeah, I feel for Stooks and Alton and Barry a little bit. Uh, but not too worried about the head coaches. They're getting paid generational money the second that they sign
1: a contract. Yep, you're 100% correct there. And we got big, com- big guys coming in here. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Got a couple of 50 uh, pound and dollar ones coming in today. Ethan saying the Penner statement, I will lead our head coaching search with support from our ownership group and George, whom I have the dreaded vote of confidence in as our general manager. If Peyton was to receive one more head coach hire, that doesn't bode well. As Penner says, I will lead. I, I'm not sure what to make of this totally just yet. Other than Peyton has lost a little bit of power with the new ownership dynamic coming in. Is this the, is this a Penner saying that he doesn't fully trust in George Peyton or is this Penner saying that he's going to be a, jerry jones-esque uh head or owner where he's you know very much thumb on everything going on in there which can be good or bad i mean we just we really don't know yet but uh definitely something to watch here
2: i don't think we're gonna see jerry jones type or mark cuban type or jim irsay type because we would have seen and heard from him already you know over the course of the last four months it'd be you know let me use a a bad example just because i like to elon musk buying twitter all of a sudden he's everywhere You know, I bought this, I bought the shiny new toy, me, 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 look at me and me and then me again. And these guys have been in the background. What this says to me is they screwed it up last time. I'm going to be in charge of this to make sure we get it right. How much he, he might just be sitting back and saying, okay, bring me the candidates and I need to green light him. That's, that's fine. That could be one thing. You know, I, I think, you know, being in the lead doesn't mean he's micromanaging everybody else, but again, it also says the people that were trusted to do this the, the last time screwed up bad. This time I'm in charge. If it goes wrong, it's my fault. I'm the owner. And that's how it should be. Again, chain of command. I'm okay with that. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. I appreciate you coming in, Ethan, as always. Missed you yesterday. Hope you had a good boxing day and a uh, and a good holiday.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming in and supporting us. You also got our guy Montana Altitude coming in saying morning priests. I don't know if we're the morning priests, but we'll take it. Um, they call me
2: the Deacon, so I'm not really sure me, what that means, but I, I think that's a cool name anyway.
1: Growing up with and, Deacon Jones a little bit, he was a beast. And they call me, hey, you idiot. Um, but uh, coming in saying... <laughs> I've been called look, worse. Yeah, that's very true. Um, looking into the future of the Penners, could make the Broncos the next powerhouse AFC franchise in the league. They have the money. Yeah, they have the money. Um, unfortunately, I guess for the Broncos now, they also have the parameters of the salary cap and other things in place that make it harder to, you know, buy your way to a great team. Uh, they can't, you know, Yankees their way to uh, constant uh, division titles or Dodgers, I guess, is probably the more appropriate uh, team to use these days. But uh, definitely it's something that should be a benefit to the Broncos going forward. You have teams like the Raiders where they are literally like in, they've, part of the reason they traded Cleo Mac is because they did not have the actual money to give him the extension uh, in-house to put all that money in. What is it, escrow? I always want to say furlough. That's the wrong one. That's a wrong finance term. <laughs> um, but they, that's where uh, my they, money goes. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's, uh, they do have the money and hopefully they will turn it around. It might be more of a long-term thing, especially if this uh, Russell Wilson contract ends up being, as if he's as poor as he's been this year, next year uh you're probably not out of it until 2026. And those are probably some lean rebuilding years as well. But uh long-term uh, this Broncos team should emerge. And by the time they do uh, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert will be that much older. Uh So that's, that's the sick twisted positive way to look at it.
2: This team will show improvement right away next year. Again, the yeah. bar has been set that low that yeah. you, you reset your expectations where competitive and you start getting some of those wins. Um, and, and Montana, too, thank you for coming in with the, the super this morning. One of our Twitch friends, Arthur Eugene Spooner, comes in and says, hey, guys, I'd really be interested in, in Shane striking as a candidate. I think we mentioned him a little bit, and, and I like the fact that, you know, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but I, I think he's overplaying his tools, so to speak. Yeah. Where, you know, if Josh Allen does well, you kind of expect him to do well. That dude's a superman. I mean, he's he's got – he's a robo-quarterback. He's got everything you're looking for. Jalen's not quite there, but yet he's still doing it. And two is the same way. That's another reason why I mentioned, you know, what are you doing with Mike McDaniels down in Miami? Who's, who's learning under Mike McDaniels? That might be someone that, that I might be interested in, but Mike, Mike McDaniels is so different that it might not work that way. It could be one of those where, hey, I brought in a McDaniels guy, but he's not McDaniels. McDaniels is pretty unique in this business. Yeah. Laurie Anderson comes in. She says, I would love to have Jim Harbaugh with the Broncos. What are the chances of that happening? Would he leave Michigan? And I bring that one up, what? Because I do like the question with Lori. But also, right after that, uh, Jr. says, Jim Harbaugh isn't going anywhere. He just signed an extension with Michigan. That doesn't mean anything. Nothing. An extension on a coaching contract means zero to us. It just means that it might cost a little bit more money to try and get him out of it. The buyouts on those aren't exactly the, the full extension. Now, it's like five years, $65 million. He's making about $11 million a year at Michigan. You don't want to get into a bidding contest with an NCAA powerhouse because, frankly, they're worth as much and they don't have to pay their players. But yes. all that means is it would cost a little bit more to buy out the contract. That's all. If you want a coach and he's contractually available, you can't do that in the NFL. It's tampering or whatnot and he's contractually available.
1: You can have him. It just costs you some money. Yeah, and I would be shocked if the Broncos don't – uh make the call on that one in the very least, maybe he's not leaving Michigan. Uh, I do know that the era of college football is changing drastically. Um, it's Mm -hmm. becoming less, uh, coaching and more campaign manager out there. I mean, you have to not only campaign recruits now, but your own players and working with not only the athletic department and your own coaching staff, but now Mm -hmm. these NIL collectives, it's getting further and further from, um, coaching coaching and development, Mm -hmm. but more talent acquisition and, uh, Reobtaining uh talent. So
2: why yeah, that's the question. Why would Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan? Because the NCAA coaching has become a pain. Um now it's still a dream job. You go make seven, eight million dollars a year as a head coach, yes, please. But if I can do that in the NFL and just eat, breathe, and sleep football, that's what these guys dream for. I mean, that's what they live for, is is something like that. Plus, it's a new challenge, you know. So we'll see. Um, I'm not saying he is leaving, but why would he leave? Because nca has become a real pain for 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 college football coaches yeah, uh and, and there's again, a connection I mentioned the guys downstream the ones actually doing all the recruiting it's even worse man
1: yeah it's it's even it's even worse it is pretty wild and uh just some connections to harbaugh here there's a bunch of stanford connections i mean kind rice i think she was even an honorary captain at a michigan game i know they have a relationship and uh, the penners also um stanford graduates so there's i mean there's going to be interest there and he could say, no, thank you. I have a good thing going at Michigan, Um, but uh, we'll see. We, we love you. Well, we love you too, Dom. Uh, We appreciate you. You ain't no idiot. Everybody's an idiot in some things. And it's the, the people who don't realize their idiocracy that are the, the biggest idiots of all. Don't, don't call
2: me an idiot. That makes me angry. Just say you're being an idiot. Oh yeah, that's true.
1: You know, you can,
2: you can say you're being an, you're being an a-hole. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Doesn't make me one, so to speak. But you know, that's a great philosopher. Forrest Gump's mom just once said, "Stupid is as stupid does." Montana altitude. I like Frank Reich for the short term. Allow time for the right long term head coaching pick. Frank Reich's not that old, no. you know. He he, he I, he's got to be in his fifties, you know. And in this day and age, that's twenty years of coaching if he's successful. So he could be a long term answer uh, if if it ends up being the right fit. Um, Nick, I mean, could be a short term fix, but it, it could be a long term answer too, right?
1: yeah yeah it absolutely could um you go for that and uh, you see how it works out again the question is do any of these head coaches want to be married to Russell Wilson a lot of coaches only get one shot at the head coaching thing and if you're you are coming in and you are married uh to Wilson forget so. how old I'm getting uh he's 61. okay so I was
2: thinking 55 56 but he's he's uh he, he is a full decade older than I am so he is 61 um but you know, short term in these days, this day and age is two years, one mm-hmm. year. That's short term. Fifteen. If you're going to tell me I was going to get five successful years out of a coach? I'd hire him and oh, then yeah. move on. I'd hire him absolutely. Five years is a lifetime in this yeah. day in the in the in
1: the Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat cycle of life. Absolutely. Next one. Next one. Let's see what the algorithm says. We should just let the algorithm pick <laughs> pick the next head coach. Um, is that what we're calling Russ now. The Al- oh my God, that's a great nickname for him. <laughs> God, uh, well, that's right. You're here
2: first. Yeah. I want, I want, I want, I want a nickel every time someone says it. That is uh, isn't bad, though, is it?
1: No, that's not a bad one at all. However, I think at this point, he would not be showing up on my screen. Um, but uh, keeping it going here, you talked about uh, Josh Steichman and what he's done with Jalen Hurts. I agree with you that he being connected to Jalen Hurts is not a It's not like being connected to Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. But what I will say is the infrastructure around the quarterback in Philly is the best in the NFL, I think, by a large margin. Um, Not only do you have uh, the best offensive line in football, uh, but you also have probably the best set of close to the best set of weapons, um, pass catchers. You know, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown has been playing as well, almost as any wide receiver in the league. You know, definitely. Definitely if he's not in the first tier, he's probably right in the top of that second tier. He's not, I wouldn't put him on the Jefferson Tyree kill. Uh, oh gosh. Who's the other one A Devonte Adams tier, but like right next one, there's AJ Brown and Devonta Smith has been great. And then of course it just comes back to the offensive line with them. Um, that's another thing that's concerns me about Ben Johnson. Oh, that lion's offense, or that lion's offense is looking great. Well, you have three first rounders out there that, that are all playing really great. And the Broncos team is far from that. Most teams in the NFL are not happy with their offensive line. I think you probably, if you could categorize it, there are like five teams that are happy with the offensive line, 15 teams that are distraught with their offensive line. And then you have about, what is it? Would that leave 10 more teams um, that are okay with their unit Broncos right now? We're in the, I think top tier of the distraught. Um, It's maybe bottom tier with all the injuries that we've had. Um, But those are some things that with how those guys run their offenses, it's not the quarterback doing it right now, but I think it'd be pretty hard to replicate the offensive line prowess and infrastructure out of the gate
2: what a, speaking of offensive line i want to get to our guy adam here uh adam you're killing me with this stuff man you, you really are you're, you're typing yourself your your fingers bloody so much that you're hearing but you're not listening you guys say the o-line is horrible don't mention how terrible russ is against the blitz blah 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 yes we do What we talk about constantly is what is the more fixable problem right now with the Denver Broncos. It is easier to start working on the offensive line than it is on Russell Wilson. And it's not just the blitz. It's pressure, period. He Mm -hmm. struggles against pressure because he ducks down and he's acting like, like he's scared back there. Runs into guys getting sacked. Tries to extend misses then he goes for the home run ball and you saw Cortland sutton waving his arms up and down i'm right here or he could have run for first downs yeah. yes we do when we talk about how this team can improve and improve quickly the easiest way to do that is the offensive line right now and then let's see how things improve from the backside. you're not tied to your center you're not tied to your left guard who's a free agent your left tackles hurt your right tackle is a bunch of free agent guys that are coming in so there will be changes along the offensive line and that is the easiest place where you can start seeing an improvement. Then you can get a better evaluation on Russell Wilson. We've talked about Russell Wilson. We've placed blame on percentages. So slow down with the finger typing and listen.
1: Yeah. And uh, I don't think he meant us. I think he was mentioned more in the uh, the commenting <laughs> section there. But uh, my big thing with the offensive line has been, I think the pass protection, especially as waned as of late, but it's as much on Russell Wilson as it is on, the offensive line. My biggest issue with the offensive line has been the run blocking. Um, Colin can you know, give me a hard time for this one, but uh, they have a uh, offensive line, like run blocking grades. There's a graphic out there. It's a uh, offensive line, run blocking grades versus uh, rushing yards expected row, you know, a little bit of row in there A um, rushing yards over expected. And the Broncos are bottom five in their run blocking this season. <laughs> Scott, your eyes, one of your days face going to stick like Wait, that.
2: I think they got stuck when I rolled them. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but the Broncos are bottom five in uh, rushing yards. Um, the blocking grade for the offensive line, I think they're bottom two in the running back uh, rushing yards as far as what's uh, what's been blocked compared to what they actually get. So for me, the biggest thing, they got to be about the running backs, of course, but the run blocking on of the offensive line has been atrocious, and that's especially up the middle, and I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons this team has struggled this year. If you have an elite quarterback, you can overcome that, but Russell Wilson is as limited and dependent on the success of the running game to open things up for him as any quarterback in the NFL. And when you're f- constantly forcing him to be in, you know, third and seven pure drop back game, uh, or, you know, playing the quick game rather than those deep shots here, here we are. Looks horrible. Um, not looking horrible here. Cly, nice family coming in Kyle. there. Clyde, we- Kyle. Yes. Kyle coming in here. Hard heard the dog. Um, Kyle with a C. I don't see many of those, but he says, no, no, cool. uh, is, is Russ reading the blitz or center? Because every QB we've had lately seems like they can't read the blitz from Flacco to Lock to Russ. I mean, I think a lot of it is the rotating bodies on the offensive line this year makes it pretty hard to know whose assignment it is uh, to get out there and, you know, make the, if one guy drops, who's the next one and teams are doing as good of a job with Here comes Scott's face again. Simulated pressures, as we've seen for a bit. Fake Um, blitzes. Yeah, fake blitzes um, out there. Or, you know, different guys dropping, coming, et cetera, et cetera. Kind of we saw the Dick LeBeau zone blitzes, but it's more man and rotated coverage in the back end. But I digress. Um, I think a part of the big issue is the issues on the offensive line with the injuries, the chemistry there. And then also, how many times has this Broncos team actually gone up to the line of scrimmage and given themselves Ten to fifteen seconds, you know, to point out the mic. How many times have you seen Russell Wilson come out there and call call the mic out? I feel like every single time they're getting up there, it's three, two, one, and then like the panic hiking <laughs> it. You don't have time to sort out the. Pressure. Oh, and don't
2: forget, Dalton Reisner is looking over his shoulder.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, more so on the road than at home when it's loud. But yeah, I mean, they just they don't give themselves that wiggle room to get that. And also, I think that we were spoiled in Denver for a number of years that Peyton Manning. And Russell Wilson, we would expect that, you know, oh, he's a 10-year vet. He's going to be able to come in and do some stuff pre-snap. I don't think he's been the most cerebral quarterback from the pre-snap uh, side of things out there, being able to identify the mic and the blitz pressures. Well, and you and, just uh, mentioned
2: three of them. Did, did yeah. any one of the three, did you start comparing to, you know, your these guys are professors of football from Joe Flacco to Drew Locke to, to Russell Wilson? Is that what helped get them where they were? So I want to I interrupt you just a little bit on this, uh, Kyle, because it's not an either-or. On this, typically the, a quarterback will come up and if he sees something, he'll call it out, you know, here, do this. And then it's up to the center to then adjust the protection. So the, the, the center will then call out adjustments as well for the blocking scheme. So it's like, it's, it's kind of like, I'm good at like troubleshooting, but Hey, I, I know there's something wrong with my transmission, but I don't know how to fix it. So I take it to the mechanic. So that's kind of what the the quarterback does. And then it's also their job to know, okay, when I know he's coming here or here, what's my hot read? And that has been a a colossal failure there is is what's my hot read? What's my number one? I drop back three and throw it quickly because there's pressure coming. Of course, in three seconds, the defensive line has been in his lap um, because there's been hardly any resistance from your offensive line at all. But it is it is a combination, Kyle. So you can you recognize, and then the center adjusts the protection based on where the pressure is supposed to be coming from, and that's where Nick comes in with all the simulated pressure, and fake blitzes, is showing pressure, getting them to adjust, and then it comes from somewhere else. So it, it it's a but it is a it's a team thing on the uh, on the addressing. But I feel like the hot read, the slants, the the a quick quick stop, who's open. That seems like a real problem with this team.
1: And you know how you get yourself, you know how you correct the issues with the blocking against exotic pass rush looks? You don't get yourself in third and long and that comes back to rushing the football on the unforced <laughs> and the errors. If it's if it's 3rd and 2, you're not seeing these weird fronts, these guys looping around and different pressures because they know that it's pretty easy to get there. Now when it's 3rd and 8, you know, 3rd and 12, you're going to see some crazy looks um, from the opposing defense with cover 1 on the back end where they don't have to worry as much about the run fits so they can play a certain kind of guys. When you're 3rd and 2, the run fit still has to be in the back of your mind. And I think the Broncos probably this year, you know, I don't have the data here in front of me, but given the amount of sacks and the unforced errors they probably have the longest third and yards to go average in the league i think that's probably a pretty safe bet if not the worst in the nfl bottom five and uh that's just makes it that much harder on the offensive line because you're going to see a lot more exotic pressure packages up front that are mainly there just to create chaos and uh, get after the quarterback
2: and jesse comes in with the corgi coming in green on the super he says scott how much and Nick, how much can a coach really make a team better if the players aren't great it seems like they are the limiting factor well, it's always the weakest link in the chain type of thing, you know, and, and Nick and I are both firm believers and, you know, it's not the X's and the O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's, which means it's not the coaching so much as the players, but we also like to work under the assumption that the coaching you have, they're not completely incompetent, um, which, and that's, that's an oversimplification. That's, that's an exaggeration, but this staff showed a lack of competency. Um, Early on, and I'm always reminded of don't get too excited about what you hear in preseason camp because you, it's all internal. You know, I was like, "Oh, Russ looked great against our defense." Well, they were running a defense to make Russ look great, to get his confidence up. You know, and they're throwing on air, they're throwing in in shorts. I I, I don't care. Let me see it first. You know, mm-hmm. does it mean? It doesn't mean anything in the preseason in camp how great someone looks you know spring warriors spring superheroes um but the coaching can absolutely make a team better and part of it is the belief in the coaching and and calling the you see how fine the margins are in these in these games you know a a a big line in nfl is seven points you know a big line in college is 70 then the coaching doesn't matter i I, I'll, i'll coach georgia against you know valdosta state no offense to Valdosta State, <laughs> but I'll take I'll coach Georgia to a win in that game. Um, it can absolutely make a team better—the belief in the system and what they're doing. And it's not just on game day, but it's all through the week. It's all through the preseason and and doing all those things. So it it can make a difference very quickly, especially when the bar has been set this low. Um,
1: you'll see. You should see a bounce back immediately. Appreciate you coming in, Jess. Yeah, appreciate you. We uh, coming in here. We also got. Kyle coming back in. I almost said Cly again. <laughs> Kyle with a C, uh, saying this is probably the worst screen team in the NFL as well. Been bad since Peyton. Part of that is the lack of mobility on the offensive line. Um, I've been a Cam, not I guess a Cam Fleming apologist um, for being a swing tackle. I think he's probably been your best or second best offensive lineman this year. But uh, a move, a move player, he is not. Um, and Quinn Miners can move pretty well, but your center position can't move. I mean, God bless Glasgow, uh, but. Not much moving from the center position, which makes the screen and the outside zone hard. Dalton Reisner um, moved okay his rookie year, but I feel like he's regressed in terms of his movement skills. And uh, Calvin Anderson, not much of a, a mover in space either out there. Was it getting some from Billy Turner, but not great. So you don't have a great uh, movement on the offensive line. You don't have many guys that are creating yak opportunities here. I think the Broncos have the worst uh, pass catching running back EPA um, in the entire NFL. They just nothing after the catch out there for them. And a lot of it also is everyone drink, uh, but Russell Wilson, um, his timing and his placement on those quick games is horrible. Uh, There was a play in this last Rams game where it was a screen to Judy and Judy pretty much had to dive at the turf um, to catch one. That was just a little flip out. I mean, Nothing about it was easy. I mean, making the easy hard. Uh, there was a game a few weeks ago where it was an easy slant. Cortland Sutton had three yards of separation, and he had to leave his feet and dive for a five-yard slant. Um, that's Those are the ones that you see, like Jimmy G, just pepper those constantly. Brock Purdy right now pepper those, and it's easy yards. Uh, this team is horrible at those easy things this season because the quarterback has struggled with timing, placement, and vision, in the quick pass game. And that's not new to Russell Wilson. It's just becoming exacerbated with the style of defenses. The teams are playing these days. And also the lack of the run game uh, in Denver as well. You have to lean on the quick pass game. You suck at the quick pass game. Here we are.
2: (laughs) You've got a bunch of them. One of them, as Nick said, you know, real quickly, your offensive line has no mobility. I've got to be able to get my offensive lineman out in front three count go in order to run us to run a screen. Uh, But they make up for it by not being very good at the point of attack. So it's it's a bad combination on the offensive line. And then one of the things that that Nick kind of hinted around, I'm just going to get straight at it, was with Russell Wilson, one of the ways you're letting those guys come through so you can throw in behind them, a lot of times that ball's getting batted down. They're getting swatted down. So the guy, the edge that you let come free because you're going to run a screen in behind him, He's just volleyballing the ball back at Russell Wilson. So you got to be able to throw up and over and around those guys, um, and it, it it hasn't been happening.
1: <sighs> All right. Well, any final thoughts before we get on out of here? The Broncos' big news today running through our yesterday. Nathaniel Hackett relieved of duties. Uh, hello to Ernie Mays, of course, the one and only. We talked only Broncos today, Ernie, although, Ernie, i got to say, if we're talking another head coaching search here, we're going to have to talk about other teams. Cause you don't, you can't <laughs> talk about these other candidates without the context of what they're doing on the current team. So forgive us on that one. And Eric coming in saying, uh, Sunday was my first ever Bronco game. Let's say I was devastated. Well, at least you got the slime hat, uh, to get you through that. Those are pretty nice. Um, although I was just happy to see the players I've been watching for years, still fun to go. I'm Eric, you know, terrible game to be at. I think what I went on my own seven or own eight at Bronco games. I've attended live. So, uh, you got a long way to catch up to, to the uh, the negative, the anti-goat uh, or whatever, You know, maybe slaughter a goat for me uh, out there. And Adam coming in all saying, forgive me if I'm wrong. Thought yesterday you said, didn't think it matters who's a quarterback with this offensive line. That's also, you know, I suggest that other QBs are better against the Blitz. I do listen, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> no, I think I've there's a little bit hyperbole. I, I, yeah. I have
2: talking about, you know, the offensive line. It doesn't – it it when guys are – when you're facing pressure and guys are right in your lap at the snap, I don't care who's playing quarterback. Can you improve? Can Russell Wilson improve? Absolutely. Has Russell Wilson been playing well? Absolutely not. We've been we've been on that uh, a lot. What is the cause? I I still think one of the main causes, though, to Russell Wilson's regression is the offensive line. So I I don't know. To, you know, to your point, why has he gotten so bad at these things that he was able to do before? Is it because he he's 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 a jumpy cat back there? You know, with the offensive line, this a complete lack of trust in the offensive line, a lack of trust in his receivers. That's why he forces the ball to Cortland Sutton all the time. Um, that it's, it's, I just, I don't think Russell Wilson is as bad where this is a fact. He's bad against the blitz. Okay. He has been bad against the blitz. Can that get better? I think it can. He has been bad against pressure. Can that get better? I think it can. Will he return to his very best? Probably not but it can get better. And I don't know that that can get better until I address the offensive line.
1: They they're going to have to improve the offensive line beyond uh, what league averages for this offense to function with Russell Wilson. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And that's not what you want to hear when you're paying a quarterback as much as you are paying Russell Wilson, but with the struggles in the quick game and how dependent his style of football is on having a solid run presence behind him. Um, that means you have to be that much better uh, in the offensive line infrastructure. And that's just the reality we live in. One of the benefits about building the offensive line infrastructure around Wilson uh, this off season as being your primary goal uh, as far as the team building is that let's say you, Wilson is bad again next season and you move on from him with the massive dead cap hit spread out over uh, 2024 and 2025, that offensive line impress uh investment and improvement is going to benefit whoever comes after uh Wilson as well so um got to think about ways and that's going to be an interesting uh, topic this offseason how can you build this team for not only the short term to improve and try to salvage the investment of Russell Wilson but also set yourself up where you can have a soft land somewhat of a soft landing um if you are moving on from Wilson
2: investing in the trenches is never a bad thing yes never
1: and again on the
2: interior line It should be, and I'm going to get to Phil's on this. I'm just going to piggyback on this. The interior line is cheap. Relatively speaking, it's cheap. It takes some good scouting to do. Uh, I mentioned that the the Falcons have a former Bronco who was playing at right tackle at left guard, Eli Wilkinson. He's been spectacular at left guard. Relatively speaking to who they had before, who was the worst offensive lineman in football, according to Pro Football Focus. Big improvement, $1.2 million on the free agent market. Good scouting job, good scheme, good coaching better improvements from a guy that was a cast off. Uh, mm-hmm. Phil McLaughlin, he says, am I, and thank you for the stars, Phil. Is am I crazy in thinking no one on the OL is safe? When you're four and 11, no one's safe. Uh, Patrick's hand's safe. Um, but Miners is probably the safest of the bunch, I would think. Um, but, yeah. you know, no. Can he be moved around? Can someone bring in? You're, you're bringing in a bunch of offensive linemen this offseason, I promise you. Bowls is coming off an injury, and you can save about – $10 million by moving on from him if you decide to. More than that, with a good trade. And you would find a trade suitor for him. Mm-hmm. Left guard, is a free agent. He might not even be a Denver Bronco for but another 10 days, uh, two weeks. Center, come on. Right guard is Miners. Right tackle has been uh, Cam Fleming and, and uh, Billy Turner. Those guys are about, not Cam. I always want to say yeah. Ian. Fleming. I it's Cam Fleming. Me. You're right. Ian Fleming, 007. Um, so no, there, there's there's one guy that you can pretty much write in at least semi-permanent marker on the offensive line for next year. And that's Quinn Miners. That's it. Yep. And I uh, look at pencil, but I think, I think those two will be the only two starters of
1: uh, on week one next year. I agree. I think given where you're drafting in this class and the lack of offensive tackle talent with my first pass through, you'd be smart to sign a upper end swing tackle that can compete with a off rookie offensive tackle investment early on. Um, and, but I think you need to pay big um, and it's relative. Uh, like you mentioned, Scott, but still pay big uh, for the interior offensive line, go out there and get the best guy you can. Uh, there's yeah. a few names that stick out to me. Nate, Nate Davis at Tennessee sticks out. Isaac Samalu from Oregon state. Now at Philly stands out to me. Uh, Ethan Pokasik out there in uh, Cleveland, been a good center for them. And uh, Bradley Bozeman has been a really good center for the the Browns as well. I think those are the names that really stick out to me each of their market values according to spot rack is about 12 million per year um, for the interior offensive line, which is a lot, but that's just the date. I'm just reporting that we'll see if they actually get that. Um, but that would be my strategy. And uh, we're getting a little long, Scott. So any final thoughts before we wrap on up? Um, obviously again, the news hackett's it's out. Uh, we still have Butch Berry offensive line uh, coaches out. We have Dwayne Stukes, uh special teams coach out. And I see that I wrote Butch Berry in there twice at YouTube and tried to correct it. And, God bless! I can't do it. I can't can't get that right. I've been on a cold streak with uh, some of those things out there. Um, and you have uh, Josh Rosberg, Josh Rosberg coming in as the interim head coach after Azure Evero turns it down. So, a lot of news, and we got a press conference today at uh, ten o'clock Mountain. Ten o'clock Mountain time. Yep. Yeah.
2: Because so. uh, Chelsea's on it. I think nine thirty Mountain time. So when you ask me what I'm doing, that's what I'm doing. I'm watching some, watching some Chelsea and then and then catching some press conference. Um, yeah, I would be hesitant to drop $12 million onto an interior lineman. Um, talking about those those draft picks, um, you've got 20. Right now, as it stands, you've got 26, 67, and 69. I, I want two of those three to be offensive linemen, uh, whether yeah. if it's not a right tackle. If I go a different way in the first round because I don't like the tackles there, that's okay. But I promise you. With 67 and 69, I can get guys that will improve this offensive line. Now, you might might not, but I promise you, if I look at 70 through 105 a year from now, Mm -hmm. there will be interior alignment in the NFL that are better than what you had this year. (laughs) So there will be guys available. It's going to take some good scouting, some good development, and all that type of stuff. But you've got the draft capital and the free agency to improve this team right away. Because the bar's yeah. been set low. That's part of it.
1: Yep. I probably would pay an offensive lineman, big money on the interior, just because I think for Denver's style of play right now, you can pretty much just transfer over a Graham Glasgow cam hit, uh, cap hit to a new interior offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a accounting thing there. And the other thing is I'd be paying for certainty. And I think for Denver specifically, Isn't the offensive tackle, Glasgow,
2: though? that's what well, scares me. Isn't that what you tried with Glasgow?
1: I think a lot of these guys are more physically talented than Glasgow. So, uh,
2: so, who screwed that up so bad? Was that an Elway thing? I mean, why?
1: That was why an Elway thing. A $15 million a year guard. Yeah, that was an Elway thing. Um, that was an Elway season that was, we're going to do everything we can to prove that we were right about Drew Locke. Um, and I don't think that was a bad strategy in hindsight because you have to figure out what you have there, remove the excuses around the quarterback. There's always going to be excuses. Um, that's just the nature of the game. You don't have a perfect roster, but uh, is what it is. Um, but I probably would pay an interior offensive line um just to have that certainty in there and then it's that much easier uh when the draft comes um to get that guy but that's just that's just me um that that's the area that I actually think with how Russell Wilson plays you should overpay compared to what the league averages because I think the interior offensive line is more valuable for you than what the league averages given the impact of the run game and the fact that Russell Wilson Struggles with interior pressure. So Which that's what we have just,
2: seen. We've talked yep. about the right tackle hasn't been as big a problem as you might have expected this year, but the interior line is a bigger problem than you ever would have thought it was going to be this year. So yeah, yep. Yep. I, I can see that. I just we'll see who's available. We'll see, yep. you know, when that's the draft the big when, one. when free yep. agency comes up, we'll see who's available. When the draft is up, we'll see who's available. Um, I'll be going to Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl, and I've seen a lot of good interior offensive linemen in the last two years at the senior bowl that could come in and help uh mm-hmm. right away, including Quinn Miners.
1: Including Quinn Miners. Well, guys, we ran long. A lot of news today. Uh, appreciate everyone coming in and supporting us. Hopefully, everybody's enjoying this weird week—the the purgatory week that is between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, getting real excited for all these big bowl games coming up as well. Uh, hopefully, Scott and I will have a chance to talk a little bit about that at some point. Maybe tomorrow. Um, who knows? Um, but uh, appreciate you guys coming in. Uh, continue to uh, follow us on Twitter. Get at us on Twitter. Um, make sure you're following me at Nick Kendall MHH and Scott is at Scout Kennedy. Also, uh, Malcolm, come in. And hello from Homer, Alaska. Hope you're doing well out there in Homer. Uh, follow us also on Twitter at BFB underscore Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook communities at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share. Shout out to Deanna Hendry uh, Ethan, uh, Ethan, our guy, DWI guys coming in and, uh, coach Chris and everybody else who supported us today. Uh, Mark happy, happy holidays to all you guys. Um, appreciate you. And also shout out to, uh, Greg Smith. Once again, thinking about you with your, the passing of your mother, um, never easy, uh, but make sure you hit us up and, uh, we can, you know, put some, put some eyeballs on any of that stuff for you. Um, Appreciate you guys. Uh, Scott. Yeah, let me get some,
2: some names to say thank yeah. you real
1: quick. We're long. We might as well go a little
2: longer. I've got I've got the the name so we're not missing anybody on YouTube. Um, you know, Phil coming in on Facebook for sure. I might miss some Facebook folks, but I know Phil was there. Lawrence, appreciate you. Uh, but uh Dave Glassman putting in the extra work, Clinton Watson, Addison, uh Jetty Splash, Coach Chris, Chris Meek. Uh, well, out of the funny comment, Everett was completely sane when he told them, Hell no, I've done my part leading this defense. Kenny Booker, KB82, Deanna Hendry, of course, Shane Daniels, Ethan, the DWI guys, Montana Altitude, and Jesse Fraley on, on YouTube. Thank you so much, everybody. It means a lot.
1: Yeah. God bless you guys. We appreciate you so much coming in and, uh, I'll see you guys again tonight with Carl. At least that's that's my understanding. Um, so I guess I'd probably better reach out to Carl. He's been. <laughs> I, say,
2: I won't go anywhere. I'll make sure. Yeah. Make sure the lights are still working.
1: But uh, appreciate you guys. Make sure you're continuing to choose kindness and compassion. New era and Broncos once again. Um, we'll see you later. Go Broncos.
0: Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos.